It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. One of the world's most famous cooking teachers, Jacques Pepin, has published more than 25 cookbooks, including his new cookbook, Jacques Pepin, Heart and Soul, Essential Pepin, and his memoir, The Apprentice, My Life in the Kitchen. Jacques has starred in 13 acclaimed cooking series on public television and is a contributing editor to Food & Wine magazine. And he shares his knowledge through the curriculum and the teaching at the International Culinary Center, where he's been a dean since joining in 1988. Before coming to the United States, Jacques served as the personal chef to Charles de Gaulle and has won many accolades and awards, including the Lifetime Achievement Award from the James Beard Foundation, several IACP cookbook awards, and the Legion of Honor, France's highest distinction. He lives with his wife, Gloria, in Madison, Connecticut, and I can't believe it, but he's joining me today on Amy's Table. Welcome, Chef. Thank you. Oh, whoa. did I do all of this? <laughs> you did. And, you know, if I may say, I wonder how it must feel to still be so incredibly relevant and at the head of the pack at your in your career at age nearly 80. Right. Well, you know, time flies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, been an amazing time. Yes. I was in apprenticeship uh, at left. I left home, and home was actually a restaurant where my mother cooked, and uh, I left uh, in 1949 when I was 13 years old, so it seemed that it was yesterday. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I have been reading your book, The Apprentice, and first of all, you are as marvelous a writer as you are a chef. It is such a compelling story. I wish I had finished the whole thing before speaking to you today, but it's interesting how I'm guessing a lot of your love and passion for food came from your time as a very young child when you were sent to farms for the summer. Yes, that's true. You know, during the during the war, we didn't have much to eat, and uh, my mother sent out my brother and I to a farm at least for the summer, during the summer vacation out of school. She knew at least we would have something to eat there. And um, um, that probably started my interest in food. Uh, and my mother certainly... And my aunt, uh, I can count like seven restaurants in my family uh, around the, the Lyon area where I come from in France. And those seven restaurants were owned by seven women, you know, all my aunt and all that. So actually, I'm the first male to go into that business. That's in interesting. And your mother really entered the restaurant business without much experience, just a need to provide for her family. Am I correct? Yes, I mean, she uh, she was a home cook. She didn't really know how to cook that well. Then she worked at a waitress uh, in a restaurant uh, during the war. When my father left, went into the resistance. And, uh, and then she stopped working a little bit with the chef, helping and all that, and eventually opened her own restaurant. I mean, my mother was always ready to open something. She was very feisty, always. You know, she died last year in September, only, and she was wow. 100, you know, so. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. Must have been all that good food. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, you know, these days, it's very popular amongst chefs and foodies to really go, as it's referred to, nose to tail of the animal. And your mother, reading in the book, the dish that she made with, I believe it's beef uh, lungs, and I loved hearing your story of the oh, yeah. first time that you made it. There's a little step you have to take, isn't there? 
Yes, I mean, you know, the, the, it's true that uh, I remember when I first came to the U.S. in uh, 1959, and I, I, uh, I studied at Columbia University for a number of years, and uh, crossing the, in New York, there in Manhattan, crossing uh, the, there is a little park, the Riverside Park, and you get into Harlem. And I used to go into Harlem and walk there with a friend of mine, because that was the only place where I could find pig's feet and uh, 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 tripe and uh, heart and stuff like this. Uh, that was used in, in southern cooking. So, uh, uh, But this is something that we did regularly, but certainly uh, she went one step further. I mean, during the war, she was using lung. And uh, even I remember one time, well, maybe 20, 30 years ago, I asked her to do that. She said, oh, no, no, we don't do that. She had to do it for us because my brother was asking too, and she, so she had to go to the butcher and tell her, "Well, this is for my cat." She didn't want. <laughs> she was going to cook it, but anyway, when you use the lung like this, uh, the lung kind of uh, after the animal is eviscerated, the lung kind of shrink and go down. So before you cook it, you have to blow into uh, the trachea to expand the lung. Then you cut it into pieces and saute it. If you don't do it, then it happens in the pan after you cut the pieces and they start growing up in the pan. It's like a <laughs> horror, horror movie. <laughs> I can just imagine. Not that I think I will ever cook lung, but I'm so glad yeah, to right. know what to do to ensure to do it correctly. Well, you know, I, I asked a lot of my Facebook friends that questions that they would want to ask you. And over and over again, people refer to either the sheer admiration of how it must feel to you to have taught so many Americans how to cook, um, but also, uh, you know, that you've taught so many people the very staples. And of course, the omelet is is something that people often uh, refer back to you as learning how to cook an omelet, thanks to you. But what what has been your biggest uh, achievement when it comes to teaching Americans? How do you feel you've impacted? I mean, you've impacted us tremendously, but you must sit back and say, wow, I've kind of taught this country to cook. Well, I don't know. I, I just want to, uh, I, I don't think that I taught this country how to cook. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I hope that people uh, smile you know, when they remember me and, uh, and maybe remember a couple of recipes that they did from me. I mean, uh, this is very important for us, the cooking in family. I have a daughter and now I have a granddaughter. I even cook with her. So certainly the family meal for us is uh, is the uh, you know the end of the day and uh, the the phoenix or the top of the day. I mean, I have been married uh, 49 years, going on 50, and uh, I don't remember any time that my wife and I haven't sit down uh, at night and have uh, an aperitif and uh, and after have dinner with a bottle of wine. You know, so mm-hmm. we do that every day. So for us. It's very important in our family, and uh, it does something with my daughter now and granddaughter. So, uh, you know, it's maybe that that day, that time of the day. Maybe it's maybe the most civilized thing that we do. You know, to share our our thought of the day, and uh, even the kids when they come back from school. Uh, you know, we always spend an hour, an hour and a half around the table, and uh, it's not always pleasant with the kid coming up. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's 
it's necessary. Otherwise, you never talk. You know. You never yeah. It, well, and that's the gist behind your latest book, um, Jacques Pepin, Heart and Soul, Essential Pepin, is talking about conversations at your dinner. I mean, it's the conversation as well as the food and the wine as well as the food. And I'm sure that I, I can't wait to read snippets of all of that. Of course, the book does not come out until October. But I think that is probably the secret to your long marriage and likely your mother's long life. Yes, probably, and also the fact that I uh, I traveled a fair amount of time, especially in the 70s, 80s, could, you know, giving classes all over the country. So uh, when I'm at home, I'm at home like 24 hours a day, and I cook and I do my recipe here. You know, after a couple of weeks in a row like this, my wife tells me, when are you leaving? You know, <laughs> ready for me to get out for a couple of days. Well, so, uh, yes. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, I- every one of us, you know, you set up your life the way you you want, and, you know, some people will do that type of thing, others are less interested, but I saw someone on television, a young couple, the other day, uh, and uh, they decided that they're going to cook, they have two small kids, and the woman said, you know, I decided that now, uh, rain or shine, uh, uh, once a week I'm going to do a dinner. I say, once a week? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to the other six days, you know? I know. And it's hard with a time-pressed world, but it is, as you say, people have to arrange their life the way they want it. I was lucky to grow up with a big family where we did have dinner together every night, and I have done that with my kids, and it's it's important. Well, you said you hoped that when people thought of you that they would smile, and I have to tell you that not only did people send me questions to ask you, but one of my Facebook friends said she asked me to thank you for the episode from over 20 years ago where you showed how to butterfly and pound out chicken breasts. She's, oh boy. She said, my husband said that when we were dating, I made him a chicken and fresh basil BLT using that method, and while eating it, he decided to propose. <laughs> oh my gosh, so now I'm responsible again. <laughs> exactly, but I think that's so wonderful. And then again, somebody else said, how does it feel when you realize that you single, single-handedly taught generations of single men how exactly to create a real omelet? But, you know, you say that you arrange your life the way that you want it to be. And, of course, you left being the personal chef for Charles de Gaulle in France and came to America and worked for Howard Johnson. Yes, well, you know, you have to realize that uh, years ago, and certainly up to maybe 30 years ago, I mean, the cook was really at the bottom of the social scale. And uh, any good mother would have wanted her child to marry a lawyer, a doctor, certainly not a cook. Uh, somehow now we are genius. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, 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 yes, when I worked for the, the president in France, it wasn't, you know, no one would come to the kitchen, no one would invite you. You know, I served people like, uh, at the time, Eisenhower, Nehru, Tito, Macmillan, those were the head of state. Uh, no one would ever come to, to congratulate you or call you in the dining room or anything like that. It really did not exist. The cook was in the kitchen, and that was it. If anyone came to the kitchen, it was because something went wrong, and you were going to get yelled at. Yeah, boy, has uh, that so, changed. So it was really another another world, you know. So uh, it, it's very, very different now, and it's great. It's terrific. But uh, 
sometimes you cannot take it too seriously either. You know? Yeah, well, in 80 years, I imagine you've seen all kinds of changes in the food world. The book, Jacques Pepin, Heart and Soul, Essential Pepin, is coming out in October, as well as you can find the newly released with the foreword from Anthony Bourdain, The Apprentice, My Life in, a kitch- in the Kitchen. And Chef Pepin, you have been such a pleasure to speak with. I can't tell you how honored I am, and I will smile every time I think of you. Thank you so much for joining us on Amy's Table. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. You too. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q102.